Are you ready to rock? The Eclectic Media Project brings you Musically Challenged, the show where your hosts, Al and Chad, bring you music from the softer side of classical to melt your face off metal. So throw up those horns, pour a cold one, and turn it up to 11. It's time to see if you too are Musically Challenged. Welcome to Musically Challenged. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me today, as always, is Al Seeger. Now, we have a local band that was interview for you out there, but before we get to that, I have to apologize to you all for our two-month hiatus. Uh, life gets in the way, but we're back and we're ready to rock. Yeah, that's right. Between work, vacations, everyday BS, we just haven't had a chance to really record a podcast, but... We are back, and we are going to be speaking with a band that I was part of back in the day. That's right, I'm not just a pretty face. I used to rock it hard back in the day. Okay, Al, you don't get to brag about that now, all right? This is the intro. Brag when we're talking about the band. The band, Arcane. Oh, all right. So, I'm going to be talking with Al and his bandmates in just a minute, and we'll learn the story of Arcane. I had asked Al to do this episode, and what did you tell me, Al? Well, originally, Chad had approached me a while ago to do an episode about some of the music that I had made in the past, because uh, I've done some just for fun, and when I used to work at a planetarium, I would compose background music for some of the shows that we did, and that actually gave me an idea to do an episode about the music I made with my band back in college. But this was a group effort and not a solo project, so it would only be fair to get the band back together. So I wanted to make this about us and not just about me. Right. Then we're going to continue on and we'll talk about how the band formed, what the highs and lows of music are. Now, Arcane is not active anymore, but I wanted to do this episode that you can understand that Al knows music. He made music. He wrote music. Al is music. Where I'm just a guy who likes music. I'm not talented in any way like he is. Chad, you don't need to say that. I, I know, Al, but it's true. Yes, I know, but so do they. So you don't need to say it. Ah, touche. Sorry, too easy. Now, that's the last time I try to compliment you. Now, back to the episode. So let's start by having each of the members introduce themselves what instrument they play, and learn a little bit more about them. So we're going to start this with you, Al, and then we'll move on to the other guys. Well, as the listeners know, I'm Al, and I uh, played bass. I like to think I, well, at least I tried doing backing vocals, and I tried doing some keyboard work. Um, so that's pretty much what I did in the band. All right, let's move on to Kurt. How about you? Hey, I'm Kurt Winger. I run a video production company in Sark nowadays, and um, back in those times, I was playing drums for Arcane. All right. Uh, let's move on to Dan. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm Dan Hensel. I'm, I'm sure Al has mentioned me before in my show and all that stuff. Um, uh, I played mostly the rhythm guitars, and then I got talked into doing the singing. And, yeah, I talk a lot, so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> okay. And finally, Jeff. Hey, yeah, my name's Jeff Matthew. I played lead guitar, also did some writing of the lyrics for some of the songs. 
and uh, yeah, glad to be on the podcast tonight talking about it. So all right, well, cool. thank you guys. It's it's truly a pleasure to have you all here with us tonight. Now, Al, for this episode, as we all know, will be interviewed, not interviewing. So with that, let's get started. So this one, I'm just going to throw out to anybody. What year did Arcane form? 1994. So that's when I first met Jeff. And, you know, you hear horror stories about people who end up getting a college roommate and they totally hate each other. But that actually wasn't true for Jeff and I. The whole forming of it happened when uh, Al's sister, Debbie, was doing a recording project and she wanted to record a band. She was looking for bands to record at the time. And at this time, I had been looking to uh, form a band. I had pl- tried a little to do that a little bit in high school. Didn't quite work out. Um, just, you know, some jam sessions, so to speak. And that was about it. I got into like playing guitar around 1991. 1991, especially the fall of 91, was a pretty good year for music. It was almost like a year out of the 70s, kind of. All these cool albums were coming out at that particular time. So that's really what got me into, you know, wanting to play guitar and music. And, uh, you know, when you're playing guitar, you're kind of thinking, yeah, maybe I would like to record. Then I heard Debbie talk about, you know, wanting to record some people or looking for bands to record. So I kind of jumped on that and immediately we wrote the first song, which was called Abandon, that we later abandoned, part of the pun. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. No, don't pardon puns. Intend them. <laughs> All, right. All right. But, uh, yeah, then uh, we, we had written that and a uh, couple other songs um, we did another one. It was called Witch Hunter, which we did get rid of, but we kept some of the riffs from the song. And then there was something else I had written that was kind of more punk influenced. We did actually try recording on like a boombox in our dorm room with me trying to sing and Jeff playing the guitar without the amp. So, yeah, Abandoned was a song about mental illness, and then Witch Hunter was, well, about the Salem Witch Hunt, and I still have the lyrics for those songs floating around. So, yeah, unfortunately, those two songs, we never really went much further, but as Jeff said, the uh, a lot of the music for Witch Hunter eventually ended up becoming Astral Plane. Okay, so the base of the band were Al and Jeff, so... Dan, where'd you come in? Uh, well, I actually, I graduated high school a year after these two guys. I went to high school with Al. Um, so I've known him since 1990, something like that. A very, okay. very, very long time. And uh, I ended up also becoming good friends with Jeff. And I think there was a one point where, where you and I sat down to write something that turned out to be god awful, so it didn't go anywhere. Yes, it was called Six, Six Faces, Faces Away. Which oh. kind of, yeah, I guess I don't know. We were kind of writing it almost in like a maiden style. I kind of meant it to be a little more almost like Pantera y at the time, yeah. but yeah. It's still a kind of a cool uh, uh, name. Just. Uh didn't pan out at all yeah i remember the chorus was something like and that's why i'll stay six paces away 
You know, yeah. I kind of thought like that sounded like a cool chorus for kind of a heavy song. You know, now now it kind of sounds like a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go back and listen right. to anything from the police, it all sounds like they're stalkers. This is true. <laughs> so. And how about you, Kurt? How'd you how'd you come into the mix? I'm not sure um, how we got talking about it. Um, I, I had my drums down in the piano room, probably starting the fall of 96. So I think they lived right above that. So that somehow we got talking about it. I remember Dan uh, telling me that the the sound for Arcane would make Slayer cry. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's Sorry, pretty interesting. Liar. I think. <laughs> that's a high bar. So, um, but yeah. However it started, um, it was fun to be able to jam, um, play metal down in the piano room. I think it was good. I had my drums there anyway, then I had a band, so it was pretty sweet. All right, so <laughs> what was the concept for Arcane? Were you guys looking to be metal? Were you looking to be heavy metal, hard rock? What was what was the overall plan when you started coming together? Yeah, it was to be metal and you got to understand this was at a time in the 90s when metal was kind of a dirty word you know to some degree i mean that since ended but at this point it kind of was and we kind of wanted to do a metal band initially i kind of wanted it to be more thrash and heavy my musical interests were kind of shifting a little bit while i was in college where i was getting more into like the new wave of British heavy metal. And uh, as that happened, yeah, I kind of, you know, I was hoping we'd go like in that direction of like those bands, that kind of um, new wave of British metal style, maybe some of the first wave of British metal as well. So kind of like that. That's how I kind of remember it. Okay. Anybody else have dissenting ideas? No. Except we were listening to way too much Man of War too. Allison <laughs> <laughs> listens to way too much Man of War, so it's all right. Yeah, because I mean the thing with metal, it's like it's become such a diverse genre where yeah, there's just so many different types. So I mean, I, I think we are just pretty much just kind of your basic yeah heavy metal type band where, or at least that's what I think we were trying to be. So I don't know, Kurt, what did you think if you had to? classify the sound that we were developing back then how would you have uh how would you have summed it up i guess i hear a little bit of like iron maiden sound in there um i know i i think i was probably pulling a little more metallica you know influence into what i was doing um i guess that's just i don't know to me it's just music and when i hear it i i get to i don't have to put as much theory into the drums it's just kind of like what i hear in my head i get to play it so it was always fun for me just to hear something new and, and come up with something that goes with it. But All right, fair enough. Kind of, they kind it's, of had more of the plan. <laughs> here's All the right. thing I remember, though, if I could add something. Dan yeah, absolutely. brought a memory to my head when he mentioned Man of War. And I do remember there was this sense like, uh, because it wasn't really so much like an information age at the time. So there were a lot of things we like weren't hearing so I remember we had kind of this idea or mentality when we were listening to a lot of Man of War that we were going to kind of do the medieval metal, metal thing, and we were going like to be the only ones kind of doing it. 
you know, that there weren't a lot of bands doing it. I do remember that. There was a feeling of that. Like, we're going to do this medieval kind of stuff. No one else is doing it. You know, little did we know, you know, there's tons of bands in Europe that were doing it. But. Yeah, we're going to be original, like all of those groups from Scandinavia and Germany we haven't heard of yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into the first song here. Now, you guys are kind enough to allow us the rights to play the entire song for the listener, which is always kind of cool. Well, so, in the words of Getty Lee, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start with a, with a quick story about how Astral Plane came into being? Who, who wrote this one, and, and what was your mindset at the time? Jeff, I think most of it was, 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 were ideas that came to the table from you. Yeah, like. but uh, basically, it's the uh, classic metal escapist song. That's what I was kind of going for with that. I was listening to some other things at the time that were kind of similar. So I wanted to have this kind of escapist song about a guy who astral projects and likes it so much that he doesn't return back to his body. And oh. This time, you know, you were hearing stuff about the astral plane and astral projection, not as much as you do now. But I mean, at this time, there there was some. So I, I was remember being like really intrigued by it at that time and that whole concept. And uh, started out with a slower riff um, later, and I could remember Kurt wanted it to be sped up a bit, so we sped that riff, the main riff, the verse riff up a bit to make it faster so gave a kind of a faster sound at first it was you know much played much slower so that i remember okay we well, also had an intro to it too for a long, for a while we we had this little kind of um high noted guitar intro do you remember that jeff yeah i think so i'm I, sure it's on one of those old basement tapes it is yeah, yeah. I tried mixing it in with the original version, but it didn't didn't really didn't quite sound too good because you've got you know because we were that was recorded on a boombox, whereas the final version was recorded in a an actual studio. So yeah, there's it's kind of hard to mask the two differences. <laughs> but yeah, I can see with Kurt how your Metallica influence came in there when we sped it up because if you ever do get a chance to listen to like the old the original version. It is a lot slower. I mean, I, I honestly, I think it sounds a little bit better faster than it did slow. Let's let the people out in listener land judge. Let's listen to Astral Plane. In my dreams I see a place where I can be free In my dreams I rule my life, no one but me Somewhere lost in time and space, I will find a way I will leave this world behind, such a place I cannot stay I stole through the vessels of the universe to find my new world and to be the birth. In my dreams I hear a voice assuring me that I have no choice. Fly away to the astral plane, away to the astral plane, away to the 
the astral plane, away to the astral plane. Fly above burning mountaintops, soon I shall be there. Up towards two shining river beds, surrounded by the glare. Suffering, it is unknown, in my world which I've been shown. Come with me, I'll take you there, the world over which I have flown. I soul through the vastness of the universe to find my new world and to be the first. In my dreams, I hear a voice assuring me that I have no choice. Fly away to the astral plane, away to the astral plane, away to the astral plane, away to the astral plane. pretty good song i enjoyed this song now i'll be i'll be completely upfront with you guys i'm not a big metal guy i'm more of a hard rock 70s classic rock that kind of stuff but i did enjoy this one i liked the guitar to it i liked just about everything on this one but now let's get back into questions for the band i'm gonna start with kurt on this one what were your influences within the metal genre at the time that arcane was around yeah, definitely Metallica was a band I listened to a lot in high school and um, prepared me, I guess, um, for being in this band. Um, other bands that met, uh, were Megadeth. I listened to like some Skid Row and, you know, I guess before I got into metal, it was like Van Halen and Slaughter. So it was kind of a progression into the heavier stuff over time. Jeff, how about you? I was 
a fan of like the big four of 80s thrash, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. I was also a fan of Man of War. I had gotten into that when I was in high school. That's good high school music to listen to, certainly. And uh, I was also into um, the earlier White Zombie at the time. I was into dancing. Uh, Then, like I said, I had gotten into the new wave of British heavy metal as well. I was also a big uh, Black Sabbath fan, too. Okay. All right. I'm a. I'm also a big uh, Sabbath fan, and um, Al and I are going to be doing an episode on Black Sabbath in the not too dear, not too distant future. So that should be fun. All right, Dan. How about you? What were your uh, influences within the metal genre at that time? I I was really big into uh, Black Sabbath as well. Um, I was really exploring the '80s and '90s Sabbath at the time. Testament, Judas Priest, always, always been a big fan of the Zeppelin. And, and there were a lot of like hard rock stuff too that I, I really was always is big on. And even at that point, um, Kiss was always in there. ACDC, Van Halen. There were, there were a few others. I was big into Aerosmith at the time. I started listening to the Stones at around then, but I didn't kind of really get into them until maybe 10, 15 years later, ironically. Kind of an all-around heavy metal, hard rock music snob, uh, almost on a douchey level. Uh, I realize now that I missed out on an, on a lot of stuff, and I regret it. it it's really sad when I, I sit there and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I like the Ramones. When did you start listening to them? Not that long ago. <laughs> I would have if I would have not been such a prick. And yeah. Al... Even though I know the answer to this, what was what was your influences in metal? At that time, I was listening to uh, a lot of Man of War. Halloween was another one of my favorite groups. Also, Fate, the older Fates Warning. I love their first three albums, the John Arch era. Also, uh, I don't remember if I had quite gotten into Therian at this time. I may not have been introduced to it quite yet. But that was another band that I would really like. But I'd have to say my major influences were Halloween, Iron Maiden, uh, Fate's Warning. And then I listened to a lot of other uh, metal stuff like occasionally like some Anthrax or Testament. Those were probably my big ones. Okay. Now we're going to step outside the box here a little bit. And what are some of your each of you's uh, personal like musical influences outside of metal? outside of heavy metal or heavy rock. And uh, we'll start with uh, Jeff with this one. What, what is, what's that band? What's that band you're going to be like, they influenced me and everybody's going to go, what? Maybe, I don't know, some classical music I'll listen to, some Baroque stuff. It, it would be that. Yeah, outside of metal, I would say that. I There were also some uh, punk bands that I did like, like Black Flag, Minor Threat, Sex Pistols, Misfits. You know, I I was a fan of those bands as well. Okay. Dan, same question. Well, like I said, um, kind of a snob at that point where I I think most of my influences would have been towards the more classic hard rock stuff. Um, I think I already mentioned Zeppelin, Aerosmith. I did always kind of have a bit of a love for the Beatles, Clapton. So a lot of that stuff. Uh, I... I, I also always 
have had a bit of a soft spot for 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 like the glam metal. I still think that Mick Mars is highly underrated, and I'll stand by that. I would agree with you on I, that. I definitely agree. Um, I did like a lot of the classical uh, when I was in high school and middle school. I was in the orchestra. Um, ended up being the first chair cello, actually. So there was a lot of Vivaldi that I really enjoyed and Mozart, although if I could go the rest of my life without hearing Anaclan and Nacht music, it's just, no, no, thank you. Symphony Number no. 40 was always my favorite of his. Like the Grateful Dead, I was a fan of them. R.E.M., I, I could add a lot more uh, nowadays, though. So. Al, how about you? Outside of the metal genre. Well, back then I listened, I did listen to some classical music. I also uh, did enjoy Celtic folk music a lot. Um, there was a local record store where I picked up uh, some sampler tapes by a record company called Nadara. And then, probably you're going to laugh at me, but video game music. I loved listening to video game music back in the day. You know, I'm just throwing this out there. That actually has been a, a big thing lately. I've been reading a few things where um, in Japan, a lot of their classical concerts are now primarily video game music because it's so popular, especially like Final Fantasy type stuff, Dragon Warrior. Yeah, I mean, as far as video game music goes, I've been listening lately um, to a lot of the stuff from like Skyrim and, you know, games like that. And that's some good music. Now, I'm not a fan of MIDI music. So like the classical video game music just kind of puts my puts my uh, nerves on edge, but uh, the new stuff is really good. Well, you know, and the thing is, is you gotta you gotta have a music in those where it it it, it captivates the, the 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 player without making them want to throw something at the screen because it's annoying as hell. So right. I mean, they have a hell of a job in front of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, and Kurt, how about you? Influences outside the metal genre. I had been in marching band, so I think a lot of my, you know, stick heights and control and that sort of stuff came from, or discipline uh, came from that area, which would be outside of metal. And um, as I got into college, I was starting to listen to like more um, alternative kind of stuff that I could put on when I was doing algebra to make me not snap maybe was kind of the goal trying to like chill out and get my work done. So I was listening to like Juliana Hetfield and, um, the Baruch Assault and stuff like that. It was, it still kind of had an edge, a little bit of grunge or, you know, and definitely a little, little hard rock to it, but, um, just kind of the, the nicer vocals kind of, it, it, I found it to be a little more calming so I could get my homework done. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So we're going to jump into song number two here. Um, it's called Crashing Thunder. So what's the story behind this one? Who's who's the lyricist behind this one? That'd be Jeff again. Yeah, at this time, I was kind of into that whole uh, post-apocalyptic thing. Judas Priest was doing some of that, that kind of road warrior thing. Armored Saint had done some of that. There were a number of bands that were kind of doing that. In well, in the 80s, primarily, they, they were doing that kind of road warrior type thing. I was watching some anime that had like post apocalyptic themes, so I was into that. I was into that whole thing at that time the Mad Max sort of thing and the road warrior and all that. I was a big fan of that stuff, so I thought, 
you know, I'll write a song about a guy who kind of a revenge type thing where uh, his girlfriend is killed and he's, you know, out out for revenge, essentially. An interesting side note on that is not too long ago, I saw a movie called Not Crashing Thunder, but Rolling Thunder. And it kind of it has a plot very similar to this song, which is kind of interesting. You know, I, I had no idea until I saw the movie Rolling Thunder. You know, the, the thing is, is when I first kind of read through the lyrics and and stuff, the the, the character you wrote about always reminded me a little bit of uh, Roland the Gunslinger from the uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. I don't know why but it always did. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to Crashing Thunder. Abandoned highways through cities I ride They couldn't catch me even if they tried Like a whirlwind across highways My wheels spin ever move onward I'm moving to sin With the crashing thunder I ride Towards you every slash into my mind So true with the crashing thunder I ride Forever we'll meet in the end And be together I've fallen from promises And they still chase me Cornered at the end No way to break free I bust out at them Shot come in my hand The enemy I'm in Six foot down others ran With the crashing thunder I ride Towards you Every slash into my mind So true With the crashing thunder I ride Forever We'll be in the end And be together I've fallen from In a darkened city, on a roof we meet, begging for mercy, soon fall in defeat. Up upon my bike to the waste I go, will I find myself things that I don't know? With the crashing thunder I ride towards you, memories flash into my mind. So true, with the crashing thunder I ride forever, we'll be in the end and be together. I've fallen from now I'm bound to live my life on my own. I've 
song i enjoyed this song as well and i would have never put two and two together dan but when you said that about roland from the stephen king series i would agree with you it does have that feel to it especially the early books so yeah i really enjoyed this song as well you know it's one of those things where i always this always happens to me i'll say i'm not into this type of music and then somebody will give me like 10 songs and i'll be like well i like eight of them and I'm like, well that's <laughs> this type of music you know but anyway, let's let's move on here. So now we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit further into uh, talking about music and things like that. So Dan, starting with you on this one, what are you listening to now? What's in your CD player? What's on your iPod? What's what what's what are you listening to now? Wow, uh, you know what? Like like I had mentioned, um, I'm playing a little bit of catch up from some of that that kind of uh, self important teenage douchiness of my 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 style is the only way to go so i've been picking up a lot of stuff that i missed at the time um it's kind of funny when i started college i was you know i was going to make that statement and i sold all of my uh, pearl jam and green day and nirvana cds i uh i i have them again not the same ones obviously because couldn't track those down but you know like i have them again i have much more of an appreciation for that scene now i think personally i i was i didn't give it a fair shake this 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 will surprise the hell out of al i mean like the more i i know about like kurt cobain and kind of what he went through in life the more i really have a lot of sympathy for him and really kind of get where he's going and maybe why he wrote what he wrote yeah because dan and i were both very anti-grunge and anti-alternative back then so yeah we were we were metal snobs, so I, I I understand what you're saying. You know, and the thing is, is there's a lot of punk now that I have been starting to get into, too. Uh, I do like Black Flag, like Jeff mentioned. I, I've really been enjoying the Ramones for the past few. One group I got into maybe about 10, 15 years ago that I, I can put them on at any time is uh, Dead Kennedys. I love their kind of obnoxiousness with a good sense of humor. Although, you know, I still won't listen to, uh, you know, Too Drunk to Fuck in front of my kids. <laughs> Great song, though, by the way. And, you know, I kept going backwards, too, and just grabbing stuff from from, from years past. Uh, really, like, I, I, I connected with the, the Blue Oyster Cult is one of my current favorites. They have this, they, they used to be described as thinking man's metal, although... That was the 70s. Now, when you look back on that, it's like that that wasn't that heavy. But they they have a good groove to them. So many different groups. Uh, I'll just randomly pick like a George Carlin comedy CD. So it would be a fair statement to say that over the years, your musical tastes have changed. Changed and stayed the same because uh, when I was in high school, especially my senior year, high school, freshman year in college, I, I had quite the obsession with 
Kiss, and I just this week I was listening to a whole bunch of Kiss late last week. I can go back to any of it, and I can come back and try new things. I have there's a lot of groups that my wife listens to that I like too. Then maybe at one point I thought, oh, they're they're stupid. Now it's like, no, Ween is awesome. Love Ween. The the best country country western song I've ever heard was a Ween song called Piss Up a Rope. Go find it. I, I will. Actually, that sounds funny. Al, how about you? Well, one group I've got into is called the Dread Crew of Oddwood. They are pirate-themed heavy metal played on acoustic instruments. I've actually gotten a little bit into Johnny Cash. Uh, occasionally, I'll listen to some older country. But yeah, I have tried to diverse. I've I have tried to diversify my listening taste beyond metal. I actually did start listening to some of the groups that we talked about when we did that Viking music episode. But yeah, I still have to say most of the time I'm listening to either video game soundtracks or a lot of the the standard metal groups I listened to back in the day. Okay, so some change, but still kind of still still in that same rut or not rut, but that same headspace as you were back then yeah the more i change the more i stay the same fair enough all right kurt how about you uh, these days my my main go-to is a pandora channel i set up with hailstorm to start nice. and uh pretty reckless is on there a lot um that's, they're pretty good stuff uh, yeah they're they're awesome silver is one i hadn't heard of uh that came up on there silver with a c uh when their stuff comes up i'm always kind of blown away um, so I've got that's probably my main one, and then I did set up uh, like a Baruch Assault playlist too, and that brings up a lot of that old '90s stuff. Uh, from there, I was hearing more Donnas and things like um, that I hadn't heard back then because I just wasn't listening to it. But um, I do like that, and then yeah, a little bit of glue, uh, bluegrass. I set up a channel that way too, but mostly it's the Hailstorm. Okay. Um, All right. Fair enough. All right, Jeff. How about you? Yeah, some different things. Uh, one of, I've been a fan of kind of this uh, 70s throwback music movement. Yeah, I've been a fan of that. Uh, another band I really liked, kind of recent, Unleash the Archers. Um, I like them too. I think they're a great band. Another one that, well, this guy's been around for a long time, but I really love his new album and that's blaze bailey the war within i've been listening to that continuously it's a great album always trying to still you know discover new bands and even to discover old bands as well like old bands from the 70s that may have been underground or too underground didn't really become too big but uh yeah just a lot of different things you know ghost is another band recently i had gotten into Lucifer is also in that 70s throwback music. I believe they're on Metal Blade. I'm kind of listening to some of them. So I think overall we can say you guys have all expanded your repertoire, but you still have that bass in metal. So seem like a, like a fair idea? Uh, for the most part, right? Yeah. Yeah. All I right. So, Al, this next question, I'm going to start with you. And this is going to be the hardest question I ask you guys all night. Because I'm going to make you only give me one. One recommendation for our listeners. You could give somebody just one recommendation for a song. What's the song and who's the artist? 
Okay, just like one song that I think everyone should uh, listen to at least once in their life? Exactly. Oh, boy. There's a lot of them I would recommend, but I would have to say The Siren in the Wood by Therian. It's a nice blend of heavy metal, classical, and opera-style singing. Now, the language they're singing in is, like I think, Arcadian, so... Even though I can't understand the lyrics, I don't know what they're saying, it's still a very beautiful song to listen to. All right, Kurt, how about you? I'm torn. I'll say uh, Take Me Down by Pretty Reckless. Several on Hailstorm, too, but I couldn't narrow it down. And I remember the Pretty Reckless one when I've heard that. I watched the music video and showed my daughter, and she's like, like man, it's just, it's just a good song. Okay, fair enough. Jeff, how about you? Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Okay. Believe it or not, that is one of the songs I have picked for Black Sabbath. I think that's a great song. And then, Dan, how about you? Okay, so here's the deal. If somebody put a gun to my head and asked me this question, they would probably shoot me in frustration because I'd (laughs) because it'd be three hours later and I still wouldn't know. My answer would literally change by the minute. Okay, so what is it this minute? So I would go with something that's awesome and at the same time really hard to find uh, the original version, not the one from the from the soundtrack to Airheads, the, the original version of Motorhead's Born to Raise Hell. Amazingly underrated track, just so much fun. Okay. I don't know if I've listened to the original. I know the song, and I know Motorhead. Yeah. So. Well, you know, yeah, the one from Airheads where they put in uh, the guy from, from Ugly Kid Joe and Ice-T. We're in it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one is all all Lemmy. Okay. All right. So let's jump into that third song that we're going to do today, and that is called Past Life Stream. So what's the backstory on this one? Is this another Jeff one, or is this somebody else? I feel like originally like some of the guitar parts came in with Jeff, but then the three of us kind of came up with everything around it. But the lyrics... Those are all Al. Yep. Yeah, they're musically, in the version that we recorded with our drummer Mike, there was a guitar part that, I mean, there was the slow acoustic part, but then there was another, like, melody to it, like, something like that, which I don't know why we took it out. I actually liked it. But, you know, I did too. But as far as the lyrical content, the song is actually a criticism of the commercialization of Christmas, because if you play the original studio version backwards, there's a part that goes scream, Santa scream. This is where I hit you. Seriously. Seriously. Just for fun, one day I put the I put it in Audacity and put it backwards, and there was some crazy <laughs> stuff in there, like like Scream wow. Santa Scream. There's another one, Hey, there's a mosh pit. I think there was another part that said Lucifer is lonely. So yeah, it is interesting how sometimes you play stuff backwards, your mind plays tricks. But no, seriously though, now the there's actually a lot of religious and mythological imagery in the lyrics, so I could easily do an entire episode just explaining the meaning behind the lyrics. But if I had to sum it up, I would say it's a song about trying to find meaning in life, 
the narrator of the song is going through a turbulent time and they try meditating where they have this vision of like all these heroic deeds and you know mythological symbols like the for example there's a line that goes from a mountain a god throws thunder which could refer to like zeus on mount olympus or any storm god from mythology there's another verse that goes a vile dragon is torn asunder which originally the intent was to refer to tiamat from the uh, babylonian creation uh, myth uh, enuma elish uh, there's another verse, and every morning an eagle flies, he tries to find people free of hate and greed, people of pure mind, which refers to a Native American legend about eagles. So, like I said, there's a lot of religious and mythological imagery in there, and unfortunately, at the end of the song, our narrator isn't really any closer to finding the truth he's looking after. Yeah, when I first read it and sang it, I, that's kind of how I took it. This is somebody with an existential crisis who is not finding the answers he is looking for. Well, you know, I got to say, we'll take a listen to this and then I'll, I'll let you know what uh, what I thought of this one. So let's take a listen to Past Life Dream. Silence, how consuming a 
Doctor Who. And once again, I'm left assuming why does my life hurt so? Travel through time 
again I'm in my quarters The city lights Green cold Staring out my window's borders No other hero's bow Always searching, never finding What my mind holds From when we're born to when we're dying In this flesh mold Far beyond chaotic borders I've dreamt of this night Of in my lifetime finding order But no hope since I Okay, Al, you know you're my friend. You know I love you. <laughs> I did not like this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's probably okay. my fault, man. I, uh, uh, no, I don't think it is. Nasty um, frog in my throat that has never gone away. <laughs> there was, there was, I mean, knowing where this music came from, there, you know, there were some issues with the recording of it and everything like that, but I don't think that's what it was. There was just something about the song I didn't like. I mean... If when I sat and read the lyrics by themselves, because Al was nice to give enough to give me the lyrics to all four songs, I thought they were great lyrics. But for some reason, there was just something about the song that, you know, and it's not like I hate the song. It's just it's of the four you guys gave me, this is the one I probably like 
the least. But, you know, there's got to be one of those on the list, right? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, this song did go through some changes because, like I said, there used to be that other guitar part. The original studio version, there was a different keyboard intro. The original version, it sounded like it was on a cheap keyboard. And then earlier this year I made, well, it was done on a cheap keyboard, that's why. Then earlier this year I made the new intro with, like, the choir sound and the organ sound. I've tried experimenting with putting strings in the background, but not sure if that's going to stay or not. Fun to just play with them like that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so the next question I ask kind of tongue-in-cheek, uh, because it's something I give Al a hard time about all, all the time, but uh, what would it take for Arcane to make a comeback? Well, I hope we're going to make a comeback because I have a gig lined up for us. We're actually going to be opening for Iron Maiden on their 2022 world tour. Did I forget to tell you guys that? Yeah, I don't have enough time to ask off for work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I was just chuckling a little bit because my first thought was, shouldn't we have, have come before we come back? You know, and, and, and to be honest, with the exception of, I think, me and Al, who live relatively close to each other, I mean, we're all pretty spread out now. It would be very difficult. Unless it was just purely, you know, studio recording things and just for fun. Plus, I mean, we all have, have, have jobs and lives now. I mean, that, man, that'd be tough. It'd be fun, but it'd be tough. Right, right. And like I said, I was just kind of tongue in cheek because I always give Al a hard time about that. But, um, so what did you guys like, um, what did you like about and what did you not like about working in a band? So let's start with uh, Kurt on this one. Bands are extremely difficult. Um, it, I think it's kind of like has the dynamics of a relationship or a marriage, but maybe four ways. Everybody who's there every week wants it to be the way they want it, you know, to make it worth their time. Because it is a lot of time and effort and work. And um, usually, you know, and when people don't line up that way, it's tough. Um, I don't remember um, a lot of drama in Arcane. It was more, I mean, Al was a little more eager to get out there and play, yeah. like, out front on the steps or <laughs> whatever. And I remember some, I mean, I guess a couple more heated things were just about whether or not that was a good idea or something. But um yeah, for the most part, this was a pretty mellow band where we were just, you know, kind of practicing. And I, I really feel blessed that we actually, you know, got things together, went to the studio. Because um, listening to that now, I mean, it's it's great to have that record of all the work. I mean, I know this work had been going on a lot longer than I was in the band. Um, so to be on that tail end to get it recorded, I, I I really feel blessed about that, but it's, I mean, to, to be in a band, it has to be because it's fun yeah. to think you're going to make a lot of money or any of that. It's like, it, it's kind of a long shot where that doesn't always happen. It has to be fun every time you play. That's my thoughts on that. Keith Morris of the band circle jerks said one time, you know, to quote him, he said, if you're in a band and you're not having fun, you better be making a lot of money. So I, I remember here. I always kind of thought of that quote before. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it was fun. Like Kurt said, I, I agree. Bands can be can be very difficult, even though, you know, you're fans of kind of the same music. Everyone does kind of have creative ideas and different visions for, you know, what they want. 
Sometimes I would struggle with a few things, maybe the more mathematical aspect of it at, from time to time. Maybe I forget a riff here or there. I remember there was a little bit of that. But yeah, as a whole, it it, it was fun. But It was a lot of fun. I love the creation. I, I felt like at the time, and, and maybe this is a little kind of over the top, but at the time I felt like, you know, we're really doing our part to keep keep our 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 style of music afloat even if it's just a small thing you know we're doing something and that's that's important and a big part of being in the band was a lot of the stuff that you don't hear the in-between stuff where we're, we're joking around and talking about other stuff and just the camaraderie that was a big part of it the part i i i liked the least was yeah um it was mentioned before you know everybody's got an ego everybody kind of sees what they have as a baby or you know that's their baby you know i can look back now and i can be like wow i with this part with this thing and this thing and this thing i can look back at it and go that was kind of a real prick move i just pulled there so there's a lot of stuff that i look back on now and i'm not proud of it just kind of my attitude problem. You know, maybe I'm seeing it in a different light than other people. I don't know. I'll never know because mm-hmm. we're so far into the future that, but you know, that's just kind of part of it. But none of that takes back from the fact that I can still listen to these songs and have really good memories of just playing and having a good time. And that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there right. was that thing too that, you know, we were very young at the time too. That's yeah. Was that as well? Yeah. 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 When you're when you're that young, you you are very flexible enough to get your head up your own ass. At least I was. <laughs> All right, Al. How about you? Good things, bad things. Well, the good things, I definitely enjoyed the creative the creativity aspect. I loved writing the lyrics and trying to come up with new riffs. I enjoyed practicing. You know, that was always a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the com the camaraderie. Going into the studio was it was an it was an experience that I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, I am glad that. And I think Kurt was actually the one that really was you know you wanted us to really get in the studio. So um, you know I definitely thank you for pushing us in that direction. So we weren't just constantly recording on a, a shitty boombox in the basement of a of the residence hall. Really, the bad things. And again, I'm in a second what Kurt said. Yeah, being in a band is like in is like being in a marriage where you got to learn to compromise, but sometimes things do turn out for the best when you accept that criticism. Uh there was one song and I don't know how much you guys remember of it. Uh there was a song I wrote called Finn McCool. It was about an Irish folk hero and the original version that we recorded with Mike was quite a bit different than the instrumental version we recorded with Kurt because uh, I think you had actually you actually made some good points about how you know rearranging the music and actually putting a part where we can do a chorus. So that's one of those songs that I think it did came it was better. Um, you know, once I kind of uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Once I kind of let my ego go and think, okay, yes. Maybe I had this idea, but accepting this input from bandmates and making changes would actually have made it a better song. 
I want to say though, for the record, that that one of the things I said about that one, the one there was one riff that I remember thinking this sounds way too much like this Steve Miller song I heard. So he started calling it after the Steve Miller tone. He'd be like, "That's the run like a river riff." Well, here's the thing, and I I wanted to put this on record because 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 I want to own it. Um, I, I recently went out of my way to listen to that particular Steve Miller song, and when I was done, I was like. I don't know where I came up with that. No, nah, it didn't sound that much like it. It's going <laughs> stupid. And I actually, no, I'm serious. I, I, I contacted Alan. I said, for the record, I was dead ass wrong. <laughs> yep. So one more question before we get into that final song is, and, and we'll start with you, Jeff. Is anybody working on music now? Or did anybody do music, you know, try to go after music in another band after Arcane? Around, uh... Around 2000, I auditioned for some like local bands, but nothing really like uh, came of that. I do have some uh, riffs that uh, I had, you know, have on like a tape recorder that I've written over the years. I use kind of like a cassette tape recorder because I've heard stories of Kirk Hammett losing his phone and then he lost 250 riffs. So I use kind of, I don't put it on my phone. I kinda, I put it on like a cassette recorder. And yeah, I have like, you know, maybe a small collection of, of riffs that okay. I've had over the years. All right, Dan, how about you? Yeah, every once in a while, I, I was I was playing. I came up with a few songs. I wrote them down. I played them like on a on a tape recorder, like De- uh, Jeff mentioned. And then um, a- after my first kid was born, um, the room that I used to play guitar in turned into her bedroom, and I didn't touch my guitar until we moved to our new house about six <laughs> months ago. Because now I have a place where I can play again, and it's been feeling really good. All right, cool. Al? Well, after uh, um, Arcane, when I was working at the a planetarium for a few years, I did experiment with MIDI files to create uh, soundtracks for some of our the shows that we did. And I still play around with MIDI to this day. I have a couple of ambient experimental uh, albums that I released on Bandcamp. So those are up there, and also they're on YouTube if anyone wants to check them out. And uh, what about you, Kurt? Yeah, um, after Arcane, I was in another metal band in in college called Shock Hazard, and we played some taverns around the Oshkosh area. Um, I was briefly in Disturbing the Peace, which was a band that was in the Oshkosh area and looking for a drummer, so I I think it was like a summer I played with them. Um, Back here in... Um, Sock Prairie, I was in a band called uh, Pump Nine for about three years, and we kind of played around. Uh, we would do four-hour shows of covers, um, including, you know, some classic rock, up, you know, mostly like 90s and newer, but a um, little bit of classic rock as well. We also had a 45-minute original set, um, and we took some of that to the studio and um, got probably about four of those songs done. Um Cause for Alarm was uh, another um, like kind of cover band that I was in that was more like uh, classic rock um, stuff. Uh, pretty easy. Um, the the band I was most proud of is Northern Trend Kill. Uh, we, it was a all Pantera cover band, and that um, wasn't like the other cover bands I was in. I'd get the sense of it and then just do it my own way. You know, kind of usually heavy it up a bit. 
but with the Pantera songs, it was like I wanted to know it note for note and have everything fit together the right way because those songs were like engineered. It wasn't, you know, there's a lot more to it. Um, and then after that, uh, the only thing I've done was I was playing bass and a little bit of drums for a, a church band up in Baraboo. Um, All right, so let's get into the final song. This song is called Forbidden Visions of the Cirrus. Personally, this was my favorite song of the four, but who wrote this one and what's the story behind this one? I came up with most of the riffs, and I remember the day it was, too. It was Valentine's Day, 1997. This was actually, it's funny, too, because when we went into the studio, this was like the newest song we had come up with. So I don't know why, how it managed to get picked to be recorded. And I was just banging out guitar parts. And then Jeff came in. He thought he liked what he heard. So we started going back and forth. And we got all these guitar parts pretty much set really well for when we had our our, our, our next uh, practice. Um, lyrically, for a long time, like this didn't have, have any lyric. I know about a year after we recorded it, I came up with something. And they were, let's see, what's the technical term for this? Awful. <laughs> um, but at probably a few years after that, I started to come up with this idea of basing it on the Voluspa, which is this whole part of the Poetic Eddas where it in- involves the Cirrus and Odin and kind of going back and forth with. And I thought, oh, that's a really good story. Nobody's really done anything with it. Um, talk to Al a little bit about it. He He's kind of the expert on that, and he thought it was a great idea. So finally got that put down on paper. Okay, well, let's go ahead and take a listen to Forbidden Visions of the Cirrus. Yeah. 
cleaning up Freya, but both then were broken and the giant was slain. The Siracinos of the past and the future, that which is past and that which will come. So show me your memories and tell me your visions and hold it in secrets of what has been done. Promote in the serious reward and payment for knowledge of future events. The Valkyries assemble to ride to the Aesir and Odin's son Balder, his lifeblood is spent. Brothers will fight as Heimdall's horn blows. Yggdrasil shudders and and groans. Three roosters will signal the ending's beginning. No summer will come to melt the harsh winter snow. The Cirrus Genos of the past and the future. That which is past and that which will come. So show me your memories and tell me your visions and Folded in secrets of what has been done. Tell me your visions and 
been seen breaks up what has been done. So that song was basically, uh, what, like 24 years in the making? <laughs> so like I said, this is this is by far and away my favorite song of the four that you guys uh, uh, let us use here tonight. So the hardest part for that one for me was when I when because that was like you, you, you got to record those vocals. You got to put that in there. And I agreed. But the hard part was then I was sitting there and I'm like. How do I make this sound like it's not 20 plus years apart where it's like I didn't want it to sound like you just put the vocals over it. And you can clearly tell that though they were from last week and everything else was from the Clinton administration. I wanted it all to sound <laughs> cohesive. You know, I don't know if I pulled that off. I, I think you did. I like I said, I really enjoyed this one. Um, far and away, you know, I listened to all the songs a few times, but this one. I heard it the first time and I already knew that I really enjoyed it. So that's, that's always a good sign for me when I'm listening to music. If you listen to it the first time and you're like, I can see that, you know, being added into what I listen to on a regular basis. So it was, that, kind that was... Of a gloomy sounding song. I, I, I knew somebody I played it for and she said, wow, that, that would be like the heavy metal version of something by the cure. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not putting um, on that lipstick. I, oh, I can't pull on, off. Man. I can't pull off that 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 look. I don't even know if he can pull that off anymore. Could he ever pull it off? I mean, really? Oh, come on! In the '80s. All right, fair enough. I think it was the hair that always got to me with the guy from The Cure. That hair was just something else. I, I don't know. Well, in, it couldn't have been worse than some of the hair hairdos that Rod Stewart came out with. So, and it was no flock of seagulls either. Let me tell you. <laughs> well anyway thank you guys for joining me i had a blast tonight um we're gonna start here with dan if there is anything you any projects you're working on right now and you want us to let us our listeners know about uh al mentioned i do the podcast called radio free borderlands it looks at gaming in more of a lately at least it's been in more of a historical role kind of kind of trying to figure out what was going on behind it that's pretty much it for now you know there's okay. so much that just keeps me busy all right, Al, how about you? Any projects you got in the works? Well, there's one that I just recently started uh, started putting out there on the podcast channel we're on called The Lone Tree Tapes. It's a Lovecraft, It's an audio drama inspired by Lovecraftian themes and done in an analog horror-inspired style. So the music is actually very integral to the, the story, and there's some of the stuff that we've done that appears in there, even if it's just bits and pieces. So the entire experience is supposed to be that you're listening to a set of old cassette tapes that someone found. So, um, you know, certainly check it out if you're interested in that kind of thing. All right. How about you, Kurt? Anything in the works? Uh, musically, uh, the most I tend to do these days is uh, maybe pull the acoustic off the wall and just 
tinker around a little bit. I do have a full jam room downstairs. Um, I'd like to try to do some more recording projects someday. Uh, it's been a few years since I've uh, done that. I do have an electronic kit, and I've helped a couple people to do some. Um, I did a full album for a guy that did guitar lessons and um, had kind of a yeah real lead style, no vocals or anything, just all guitar. Okay. Um, but, yeah, not much else. Drop Frame Productions um, is my video company, and uh, it's been 20 years now basically working from home and getting to see all kinds of cool businesses doing different things. So it's been good. All right. And how about you, Jeff? Got into painting about four years ago, four and a half years ago now. So been working on my paintings. I do have an Etsy shop, although it was kind of on a hiatus for a little bit, but I am planning on getting that up and going again. I also have a YouTube channel, which is kind of a multi-topic channel where I talk about a wide variety of things, anything from metal bands to cool places I go. I've got a video I'm going to be putting up pretty soon on the Piazza Bird of Alton, Illinois. So hopefully some people will watch that and like it. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing as as of late. And what's the name of your uh, YouTube channel? Oh, it's uh, Corm, C-O-R-M 1000. All right. All right. Well, like I said, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you guys all for listening to this and uh, give us a little bit of feedback. Let us know if you like this kind of thing or not. And uh, with that, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next month. You have been listening to a presentation of Eclectic Media Podcasts. Visit our website at www.eclecticmediaproject.com and check out our publishing arm at www.poigamestudio.com Find us on Twitter Scott at EMP underscore Scott Al at POI Game Studio and Chad at Chad EMP You can also find Eclectic Media Project and Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook as well. Listen to all of our podcasts on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you more entertaining and thought-provoking content.